Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of the Gamify Everything podcast. We cover all things metaverse, blockchain, Web3, and beyond. I'm your host, Monica Miller, and I hope everyone out there is having a great day today. Last week, we chatted with the CEO and COO of Shiba Friend, Gamify's latest IDO partner, which sold out this Wednesday. Congratulations, everyone involved. Check out episode 31 on your preferred podcast platform or on any of Gamify's socials to learn a little bit more about their project. I highly recommend that you do. Their uh, graphics are very, very cute. Today, we'll be talking with Will Martin, the CEO of LiveDuel, a team who has created a channel for sports betting on the blockchain. Similarly to Big Fan from episode 27, LiveDuel is another member of the tech, Web3 Techstars Accelerator cohort. By combining live streaming and interactive content within the brand, LiveDuel offers meaningful community-driven opportunities to connect. We're super excited to have you on the podcast, Will. I'm going to bring you down to the screen here. How's it going today? Perfect. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, having a pretty good day, busy day as we approach Demo Day next week. Yes, it's all next week. And you are located in Ireland. You're going to be going up to Dublin um, with the cohort. Mm-hmm. How many folks are going to be um, in attendance? Um, yeah, we're playing uh, the Button Factory. I say playing because it's usually a music venue. Uh, so it's going to be 200 people um, in attendance, maybe a bit more if there's a standing room only. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to it. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm really curious, how did you end up getting into the blockchain space? What is your background, your origin story, and uh, how you managed to become the CEO of LiveDuel? Yeah. Um, so I'm a computer science undergrad. Um, I'm dating myself now, but I graduated in 2008. Um, so I was very interested in finance and uh, economics, uh, computer science as well, just because I knew technology was not going to go anywhere and it was only going to get more uh, ingrained in our lives um, so i worked as a prop trader for a couple of years after that Obviously, graduated at the exact wrong time in a financial sense given that it was the credit crunch um, but that opened my eyes to um this thing called the bitcoin white paper um, so i heard about it very very early on um literal sense um was not easy to to buy uh, bitcoin back then um had tried it a number of times obviously my got, got hacked as well so i was a bit like kind of skeptical at the time of how would it get mass adoption and whether it would actually um, survive regulation? Obviously, the regulations are coming now, but it's obviously a much bigger ecosystem now, so it can survive regulation. Um, so it's very early to the, the, the crypto space, uh, but it kind of fell out a little bit uh, over the years, but really got back into it in, in the, the last kind of 18 months or so. Um, so when I was doing economics and computer science, I was also doing sports betting arbitrage um, and sports uh, trading. Uh, so that's how we kind of got into, uh, I guess, the, the sports kind of uh, prediction market kind of world. Um, so did it during college. I've been kind of doing it as a hobby ever since, but I always had in mind of a fairer, more equitable um, kind of prediction market for sports fans. Um, you know, sports betting has been around forever, and then the model hasn't really changed in that time. Um, so I actually bought the LiveDuel.com domain in 2008. Um, so been something that's been in mind for quite a while, but it's just things take a while to, to kind of come together. Um, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, but when you know, you know, you locked in, you got the uh, the domain, so you're good to go. But uh, I'm really curious. So back in um, 2008, when you were going through economics courses and stuff, 
I'm sure there wasn't much information about Bitcoin and all that. So I'm sure you were kind of finding that on your own, on your own time. Um, we had someone, an educator on recently who was talking a little bit about um, bringing some financial literacy and understanding of um, crypto into the education space, which is still mm. kind of like a little bit not super touched on. But um, the white paper you mentioned, where were some other places that you went to find information um, for taking this on as like your full time career? Um, well, back then, like it was very much, you know, the back of some boardrooms and some boards online or forums. I cannot remember a single name of them because they probably don't exist anymore. Um, Reddit wasn't really a thing then, so it definitely wasn't Reddit. Um, but yeah, it was I'm not going to say clandestine kind of forums, or, but it was very much uh, kind of small little pockets and uh, small niche. And you know, it was very, very interesting to try and wrap your head around what these people were saying because everything was so brand new at the time. Um, big regret of not being able to buy Bitcoin back then because, yeah, as I said, it was literal sense. Um, so, yeah, I tried, but it never really, really happened because you literally got to meet somebody who had it on a, a hard drive to give it to you, which in Ireland, that just wasn't wasn't possible. I'm sure if I like stuck at it and made my life's mission, I could have, but yeah, I didn't end up getting it. But um, yeah, I've kind of found a lot of podcasts in the last 18 months since I've gotten into it. That's really kind of helped me bring me back up to speed because as I said, it was a couple of years um, where I didn't really kind of keep up to date with what was happening in the crypto space. Um, yeah. So yeah, podcasts, I think are a great, great way to, to kind of learn more. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just uh, tons and tons of content out there. Um, so you mentioned one thing that, you know, sports betting has been around since the beginning, placing wagers on, you know, like horses, fights, whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. What is your vision for reshaping that um, to make it a little bit more equitable in the future, specifically on blockchain? What does that what what does the blockchain open up to you um, in terms of making it a more efficient and equitable place? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I use this in my pitch, but everyone knows the house always wins. Right. So. There's a reason for that, and it's because they set the prices of what they offer, and they always include a margin for themselves, right? And that could be up to 40%, depending on what market it is. Mm -hmm. So when you have that kind of unfair advantage, because essentially they're a monopoly to their user base, right? Like they're the ones dictating everything, and the fans can find somewhere else if they want, but typically they'll kind of stay in the ecosystem where they have an account and you know kind of place trades there. Um, so what DeFi kind of allows us to do is decentralize the, the house model. Um, so typically a sports betting company or a house, if you will, they'll have you know hundreds of people that work in risk and in sports trading to set the right prices. And so we're using an automatic market maker model, kind of similar to how Uniswap works, in order to let the market kind of dictate the prices at a much more favorable outcome. Um, so we obviously don't have the cost of 200 people to be able to say that. We're using technology to kind of uh, improve the efficiency of the market. Um, we also don't have any physical stores, which a lot of sports betting companies do, and which are obviously costly to run and rent and heat and staff. And so we can reduce our fees because of all that. Um, okay. So what DeFi allows us to do is to pool liquidity from people who want to stake to earn transaction fees. So it actually replaces uh, the house. The house does serve a function, right? Um, the house is there to take the other side of bets when people come on and want to place a wager. Um, there has been innovations in sports betting before where it's a peer-to-peer -peer exchange. But those can be inefficient if there's one favorite team or fighter or athlete against the other because everyone will take the, the favorite, right? So very hard to create a pure peer-to-peer -peer exchange that's uh, kind of favorable. That's where you need the, the house or, in our case, the liquidity pool uh, to be able to 
kind of make up for the inefficiencies that a peer-to-peer exchange uh, offers. Absolutely. And and what does this um, look like? Are you guys developing an app? Is it like a, a, um, a launcher or a web page? Uh, how do folks uh, get involved? Um, yeah, so we're launching a, a mobile optimized um, web web app first um, or a web app. Um, so yeah, mobile is obviously where we want to be, but um, you know, kind of speed to market is kind of important. Um, but it's also a lot easier to you know to build for web. Um, a lot less time consuming. You know, there's only one platform essentially that you're building for, rather than having to have a dev team for iOS and Android. Um, so yeah, by dual that palm is where where people will be able to integrate or interact with their their protocol and smart chain, smart contract. Right. So before you had mentioned forty percent, that number was the the number that the house would take in traditional sports betting. Yeah, that's it's up to forty percent. So yeah, it could be anywhere from like six seven to up to forty percent. Okay. Wow. That wow. That's a that's a lot. <laughs> um, cool. So, what does like what does the future of sports betting look like to you in a world where we completely embrace blockchain? Because I've seen it done in a number of ways. Like you write your name on a ledger at like a local bar bar or something mm-hmm. to place a bet, or you can get into something like a little bit more serious online. Um, so this definitely looks like it's going to be an accessible thing for everybody in the future via a mobile app. Um, but what does your vision look like? in a society where we fully embrace this technology? Yeah, so I guess the, the bigger vision and the reason why blockchain is, is so appealing to us is that if we can reduce the fees from up to 40% down to 4%, that's a big advantage. Um, yeah, like you can attract more volume and, and more interest um, and more liquidity coming into the market and that's how you create a, a pure, efficient market. It's kind of similar to how the stock market has gone from you know high transaction fees and low participation in the 70s and the 80s to what we have now of you know pretty much zero transaction fees and you have a lot more participants, uh, a lot more volume and liquidity kind of coming into the market. Uh, so that's kind of what we see kind of happening. You know, if you can unify liquidity pools and unify um, people across different jurisdictions and uh, regions, that you can create a more efficient market. So we would actually see that transaction fee kind of going down and down and down and you know in an ideal world for me you know those transaction fees would be sub one percent similar to how a stock or a bond is traded you know sub one percent and then you have a lot more action that can kind of come in and it's a lot fairer for uh, the operators in the market yeah absolutely yeah less than one percent sounds a lot better than up to 40 <laughs> yeah absolutely and it's you know the fans and sports people that are into sports you know they deserve a, a fairer outcome so that's what we're, we're building towards yeah, are you guys gonna be building out for all kinds of sports, or are there specific ones that you have your eyes on? Yeah, so I'm a big soccer or football fan. Um, it's the biggest sport in the world. The biggest sporting event in human history is the World Cup. Um, that's every four years, and that happens to be this year. Um, 132 billion was uh, gambled on the last World Cup in 2018. Um, the US has since legalized sports betting, so that number could be 150 or 200 billion. Uh, in an average year, it, the global market is probably about 140 billion. So the World Cup that's is a, a big deal. You know, it yeah. pretty much doubles the annual uh, take. So that's definitely going to be a major focus for us. Obviously, it's super competitive, just given that sheer volume of of uh, interest in the in the sport. But yeah, like the beauty about football is that it's you know multiple different leagues, multiple different countries have very big uh, sporting leagues, and you know two people 
there are 2 billion people who will be tuning into the World Cup. So there's a huge interest level there. Um, then, yeah, there's other sports as well that we're, we're very, very interested. Obviously, US sports are um, very, very interesting as well. And after the World Cup this year, we kind of roll in naturally into the, the NFL uh, kind of playoff season. Uh, so that yeah, would be. Kind of- <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Got to cover both, right? Um, yeah, but esports as well is something that um, we're really passionate about it as well. Um, so, kind of part of our vision for the the live fan engagement piece that you kind of mentioned in your intro is that people will be able to watch uh, the game that they're interested in, uh, but have interactivity layers built on top of that video feed. So. If you're a Twitch viewer, you kind of know that this is kind of built into the Twitch platform. Obviously, there's the chat function, um, but there's video overlays and inter- interactivity layers that Twitch allow you to, to use. So you know, it could be polls or prediction pieces that, that Twitch allow you to do. So we have a very similar vision of how that's going to play out, where you could pull up a little bit if you're watching an esports game or a football game or, or whatever the case may be. Pull up stats that you might be interested in of how is this player getting on specifically and you know being able to um, kind of personalize it yourself by being able to look on screen of what you're interested in sports fans right now of, of three apps um, while they're watching a game so typically wow. like maybe Twitter to see what the global reaction is because Twitter is great for sports and esports that everyone's like like tweeting everything right uh, but also could be like private messaging so you know, like whatsapp groups or telegram groups um, that people are just chatting with their friends uh, but people are also you know looking at different stats and life scores as well as sports betting so there's this kind of combination that we kind of see merging into a single screen experience over time nice um and then obviously everyone's talking about the metaverse i personally believe it would be quite a while before we get there for sports where i'm going to be watching a four super bowl um in the metaverse, I think that would be a while away, but interactive streaming is uh, kind of our stepping stone to that future. Cool. Yeah, I did want to circle back to um, the finance piece of things. So with that, what was it, like 100, 150 billion, 20 billion, something like that? What, what was it that you said? What was the figure? For how many folks are um, betting in uh, soccer? Um, so yeah, for the, the World Cup, it was 132 billion in 2018. Okay. So um, when it comes to the live duel, uh, are you able to use any kind of token, USD, like any mm-hmm. kind of currency whatsoever? Um, are there any restrictions on what you do and don't take um, for yeah. bets? Yeah. So right now, um, everything will be denominated in uh, USDC. Um, okay. Obviously, you know, the market has taken a, quite a different turn, <laughs> even since we, we just started the, the Techstars program. Um, so there might be a future where everything is denominated in the Light Jewel token. Um, but we wanted to give fans and sports fans the best possible outcome. Um, cause if you're in a volatile market and the Light Jewel token goes down based on what's happening in the world, you could potentially place a winning bet, but still lose money because the market's gone down so much. So yeah. you want everything to be predictable uh, for, for users. So um, we will have our own token at some point in the future. Um, that would be a utility token where if you're providing liquidity or you're staking, you need our token to be able to do so. On the fan side, you'll need to hold our token and enable to participate in the markets. Um, but everything will be denominated in USDC to begin with. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's a big challenge for everybody um, in the space right now, just how volatile everything is. It changes by the day, by the hour. Um, so that's definitely a big challenge. But what are some other ones that you faced as you've created Live Duel and, and organized the team and got involved in tech stars um, that you've faced and potentially overcame or are working to overcome? 
Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, regulation is obviously yeah. a big one. Um, it's the big elephant in the room in the crypto space, but also in the, the sports betting space because uh, they're both regulated industries or about to be fully regulated industries. So that's obviously a, a huge challenge. Um, but I guess the beauty about regulation is that at least you know what the rules are. You know, when yeah. it's unregulated, like it's very much you're taking second guesses and doing the, the best you can. Um because, yeah, we've seen a lot of you know, other prediction markets in the space just say, hey, we're decentralized. We don't need to be regulated. Um, but we don't believe that's um, an opinion that will hold up over time. Um, it's obviously the big opportunity for us is in the United States. Um, so we want to play by the rules, mm-hmm. be regulated and only uh, enter markets where we're legally allowed to, to operate. Because we want to be seen as a good actor from when the day comes where we're big enough where we can enter into the into the US market. So that's obviously kind of an ongoing challenge. And you know, every crypto project is, you know, probably got a, a good lawyer on hand to be able to react to the changes in that industry. Um but you also mentioned about the team and you know, like I've been absolutely blessed with the team I've been able to, to kind of put together. Um Alex is our CTO. Um he was an early engineer at Polymarket. Polymarket is another uh, picture market. Um, they've raised about $30 million. They kind of focus on prediction markets, some sports, but other non-sport uh, markets as well. Like, will Twitter be delisted by the end of 2022? Or will COVID cases go back over 100,000 by whatever date? Um, so he's built this technology before. All the pieces right. of the puzzle are there, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Like, he's one of the sharpest guys in the room in Texas, which is a very sharp room full of very intelligent people. Um, and then Laura is our other co-founder. She's the head of product. Um, she's got great experience in the sports space. Uh, so she was the UI UX uh, designer for SofaScore, which is a live scoring app for sports and esports. Um, the 30 million monthly active users while she was there. So she was designing for an app and a website that had huge scale. Um, nice. And it's very much in the sports space. So she really understands the persona of what a sports band is into, what they want to see, what data they want to see um so yeah being, being phenomenal and you know the beauty of bringing in people that are really intelligent with great experiences that they've got a network as well that they can tap into so it makes it easier for us to kind of grow and scale um as we as we grow as well yeah it sounds like you've been collaborating with people who are on the same page and really understand what you're doing that's that's that yeah. can be hard to find talent talent especially in the crypto space too um very everybody's still learning you know yeah exactly yeah like yeah. we've great complementary skills you know like i'm not going to call myself a sports betting expert but i know a lot about that industry you know alex on the picturing and laura on the ui ux design you know it's a great great kind of combo as a founding team um because we're really looking to you know kind of abstract away a lot of the complications of blockchain and crypto and DeFi. um because 95 of the market still doesn't know or would eyes would glaze over of DeFi, like, what is that? Do I need to know what it is? Like, too complicated, I'll just go to what I know. And so being able to utilize someone like Laura, we can, you know, kind of abstract away a lot of the complications of the front end, along with Alex, and, you know, abstract away the complications with the actual technology itself. Um, Because you might use a mobile app right now, does it matter if it's AWS or Microsoft Azure or Google Cloud? You don't really need to know and no one wants to know. So why should... You need to know which chain you're using. Obviously, if people are really into it, you know, we, we can um, allow the crypto 
pools and the people that are really into crypto to be able to bring their own MetaMask and that's everything, but um, trying to abstract away so we can serve the wider audience. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like a good, is it just the three of you then working together? Um, yes, yeah, so we're, we're the founders, um, but yeah, we have another um, three front-end devs, um, and yeah, we're, we're currently hiring someone on the on the marketing side. Um, that's kind yeah, of the, the last, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of the last missing uh, piece of the puzzle in terms of having all the, the kind of complementary skills from a, a kind of a core team. Um, so yeah, that's that's been a difficult not to crack for us. Awesome. Well, maybe you'll find some help through tech stars. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, serendipity is very real. It is, seriously. And uh, speaking of tech stars, I got to speak a little bit with Big Fan. I got to get um, get to know that the uh, what is it the the go date was what is the demo day? Demo day, yes. <laughs> demo day is next week. It kind of snuck up on us here. What are you most excited about for Demo Day? You said it was kind of like a, a music performance. Is there music involved? In- um, I think we'll all have our own entrance music based on um, our own personalities and our own products. Um, it's in a music venue, so a lot of famous musicians have played there in the past. So, um, yeah, it's just a big celebration, really. Um, nice. You know, it's been 13 weeks of really hard work. Um, it hasn't really felt like work because it's been quite enjoyable of late nights and early mornings and getting to become great friends with um, an amazing cohort of fellow participants, but also the the network that kind of Techstars kind of provides and puts us in front of. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to the demo day itself, but also the celebration afterwards, because I think everyone's done an amazing job. So a celebration well-deserved. Absolutely. Kind of just feels like a big release, relief. Mm-hmm. And- We've reached the end here. Are there any other projects or um, companies out there that you've been um, inspired by or you've been enjoying working alongside of in this cohort? Um, yeah, like we've got a, um, an interesting uh, bunch uh, in this cohort. There's some DeFi, um, a lot of sports as well, which is obviously fantastic <laughs> for, for a project like ours. Um, so we actually got like kind of sat next to a big fan who you've had on the, the show before. Uh, but also mega fans. Um, they're in the, the esports um, competition space, um, so kind of bridging web web two into to web three. Um, so it's been phenomenal to to work side by side with with those people. Um, a lot of similarities in in what we're doing, but we're not competitors in any way. So being able to, to kind of share, you know, contacts, networks, ideas, you know, getting feedback on, on what we're we're kind of pitching, or you know, like. Jeff, the CEO of Megafans, has got great experience in marketing. So I've been kind of using him as a sounding board of, hey, I'm looking for someone in marketing. Like, how should I approach it? What should I ask for? What, what should I be looking for? Um, so, yeah, it's been, been hugely beneficial there and a lot of synergies. Um, so, yeah, everyone is really, really amazing. So everyone's been very, very helpful. And you know, we're all practicing for our pitches now. And everyone's got feedback um constructive feedback as well which is great because so everyone's got a different view and a different opinion and you know for pitching to 200 people in an audience there's going to be 200 views so it's great having you know the 20 or 30 people that have uh, been with us um every day to be able to, to kind of lean on each other it's one thing i really liked hearing about this um cohort this experience um is that it's like more of a collaborative experience you find mm-hmm. in the world like specifically in gaming um we're going to go back to esports i kind of wanted to save that one for yeah. last that's okay will um yeah. but uh in gaming you know everybody's kind of like coming up with a version of the same game trying to compete trying to stay fresh and i feel like it is kind of um causing a maybe a little bit of like eh, i don't know mm-hmm. like 
uncertainty, discomfort. Um, but what I really like to hear in this space so far is that everybody's really collaborative and it's not like, can I wash out the competition? It's how can I like help the competition succeed alongside of me? Um, mm-hmm. And that's like a, a very interesting and kind of like unexpected uh, outcome for what I've seen um, in the tech industry at large. So I'm really excited to see collaboration being enforced and um, yeah. in tech stars. Yeah. Yeah. Like their hashtag is give first. Uh, yeah. so I think that's probably something that they screen for as well. Um, of People like really willing and genuinely willing to help out others. Um, it's like, if I've got knowledge or contacts, I could help someone else. Why, why would I hold that to myself? Right. You know, like that's, that's doesn't help anyone. So like there's a, a really great kind of philosophy and ethos that, Techstars have put a lot of time, money, and effort into kind of perfecting over the years. Um, and I guess the perfect representation of that is the, the nine companies that are here alongside each other, helping each other every day, whether that's in the office, over a Zoom call, or over a pint. You know, like, it's, it's great to see. <laughs> Pints of Guinness. Yeah, they've, they've been flowing this week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and certainly next week as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so um, esports betting, let's let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Very new space. Lots of folks kind of like skimming the rim, looking into that as an option, trying to dip their toes yep. in. What has your experience been so far um, in trying to break into that space? Yeah. So it's been something I've been aware of for a long, long time. Um, so I did after I left college, worked in finance for a while. Tried to start up that failed, so I was like, okay, maybe I go back and do a master's. Um, but my thesis for that was, um, again, it was related to, to sports betting. It was uh, more of like friends v friends, and games became a big part of that kind of idea. Um, and I, I kind of looked into it. This is 2012, um, so again, like super, super early into the, the esports world. Um, so I did a lot of research into um esports fans and competitive gaming and their kind of attitudes um to kind of wagering and placing bets on uh, either professionals or for themselves against their friends and didn't really find too much interest um i guess it was such a small industry at that time that people were very like just more dedicated to the true sense of competition of for the glory like you can see 20 million prize pools for esports tournaments you know just for the badge of honor yeah. like i people i actually won um but obviously flash forward 10 years we're in a very very different space you know esports is the fastest growing sport in the world i mentioned those prize pools like they're absolutely huge um the sheer numbers of people that earn attendance has you know i think gone over and above what anyone would have expected um so yeah the esports betting is definitely uh, something that we're paying very very close attention to um so when we enter that space, it will be very much the, the kind of top tier um, tournaments that we'll be focusing on. Um, nice. So obviously you can get get quite into the weeds in terms of what uh, competitions you cover. Um, so yeah, the way we've kind of constructed our um, smart contracts is that we need three oracles in order to close uh, a market. Um, so it's three different data providers saying this team won. And then we can kind of close the market because we're building in a decentralized way. Um, so, yeah, I guess a challenge for the, the esports industry is having three different sports data providers providing that data. So that's where we're focusing just on the, the big tournaments because, you know, it's kind of hard to find three um, oracles kind of across the board. Um, yeah. But when you look at the end user, you know, it's a very digital 
native user base. Um, they're used to interactivity and um, streaming and chatting and being part of the action as much as anyone else. You know, traditional sports is very much a watch it on TV and you're kind of sitting back in your couch. You're not really part of the action. You might be chatting with friends on your phone, but you know, esports are very different. You know, like you're very much center of the, the action you know, as, as close as you can be. Um, so yeah, we're looking to, to kind of tap into that, um, that kind of, that kind of space of hyper engaged people that are deeply passionate about the, the content that they're consuming, but they're also interacting with and you know, contributing to the, the conversation. Um, so that's kind of our, our kind of approach uh, to the esports fans and um, seeing how we can enhance their, their experience. Absolutely. And I think, you know, by building that interactive piece around the esports players, you'll be able to find some ways to do that um, for the traditional sports yeah. space as well. Um, you know, maybe look a little bit different um, for each uh, audience, but at the end of the day, same kind of uh, function. So I got to ask, what uh, what games were you playing in college that got you interested in um, pursuing esports? <laughs> um, so I'm very much a Counter-Strike person. Um, can remember like... I'm really, really kind of dating myself here now, but like 2002, like kind of strike was probably like version 1.4, 1.5, and like broadband didn't exist in my <laughs> my city, so it was very much you have to go to an internet cafe. Um, we like finishing school, and we literally like run to the internet cafe to, to kind of play kind of strike. So very much kind of strike. Um, that, that's that's my game. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> All right. Still around 20 years later, you know, like it's still still going strong as yeah. ever. It's it's incredible. It it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's very crazy. nice. Yeah, it's simple, repeatable. Like obviously, it's changed and it's improved over time. But like the core mechanics are still the exact same. But you know, it's yeah, it's something that's going to be around forever. And I guess in the gaming space, you never know if it's going to be a hit that's just a once off. And you know, oh, sorry, you froze there for a second. But uh, yeah, games games have been around for a long time. Tend to like keep their clientele, keep their customers because uh, they just want to keep coming back to the game. Do you still play? I don't. Okay. I don't really have have yeah. time anymore. Um, yeah. Back and like during lockdown, I, I definitely played uh, quite a bit uh, when the when the world was <laughs> shut down. But yeah, I haven't been able to play much time um, in, the, in the last year, unfortunately. That's all right. You can just uh, build a better future for the uh, current CSGO players and everything. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right now, their, their enjoyment of the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we are kind of coming to the end of the podcast here. I'm wondering if there's anything else that you'd like to discuss or um, if you could also provide some contact information. It looks like you used your email as the uh, uh, yeah. so at liveduel.com, but um, any other places to send folks? Um, yeah, we're, we're live jeweled pretty much everywhere across the, the board on socials. Um, obviously, I have the advantage of buying the domain in 2008, so I've been kind of steadily accruing all, all the social names as well, which I think is important from a branding perspective. Um, but if you go to livejewel.com, uh, you can sign up to our, our waitlist. Um, we will be having a private alpha. We'll be launching alongside Demo Day, um, and then we'll be going for a full launch in uh, August, September kind of time. Um, token still to be undecided based on, on what the market conditions are. But if you if you sign up to uh, the waitlist or follow us on, on Twitter, um, definitely be kind of kept in the loop about uh, our big plans for the future. 
Sweet. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, good luck next week at the demo day and uh, launch is coming up soon after that. So good luck with that as well. If we don't connect before then, but uh, yeah, thanks for being on the gamify everything podcast and uh, you have a good rest of your day. Perfect. Thank you, Monica. Thanks everyone.